0: thing where I decided I didn't want a real job and I was just going to make all my own stuff and now uh, we build built it up into a cool thing and now I have eight jobs and none of them are real and it's a lot of fun. It's great.
1: You're listening to the Humans That Game podcast. I'm your host Q. It has been a um, it's been a crazy crazy last few weeks. I was in Arizona Um, With my girlfriend on a mini vacation, visiting my family, just relaxing down there. Um, That's when all the COVID nineteen stuff um, really started picking up in the U.S. Um, And then I, I got back that that weekend, and then just it's it's been absolutely insane. You know, like I I don't have to explain the situation to anyone listening because we're all living in the same world, and it is impacting everyone right now. Um, But in terms of my my industry, like my my full-time industry you know like marketing it's just everything is taking a hit we had a lot of clients in the education space you know and we were shooting with people in person so everything's just changing my entire team is working remotely um, so just a lot of changes um, and some pivots that are more than likely going to have to happen within my organization so that's going to be taking up my time um, but then again like i'm i'm also just very excited Um, and I know that that sounds weird because this is a really dark and weird time but I'm excited because you know like I a couple months ago I was just talking about like I wish something would happen where I was just in survival mode again you know where I felt hungry where I felt that need and I feel that again you know I I walked into my office a little bit ago just to grab something because I had to record and for the first time since we moved into the bigger office since we moved into the bigger space like I looked back on everything I'm like damn like we built this, like, this is my company. Those are my new hardwood floors. Those are my desk, you know, my employees, my conference room, my podcast studio. Like, I did that, we did that, you know, like, and actually, appreciated it you know for the first time since we moved into that new office and so much has changed you know and i've i've gotten so complacent and so not even complacent just so like privileged you know business has been great we've been booming we've been growing like growth at the growth at the growth and it's been incredible um to be able to say that and to be in a position position that i am um, but now there's this change you know and it's it's time to grow um, for a lot of us you know and I don't know, like, I'm just, I love this state that I'm in. I'm in the most creative state that I've ever been in because of all of this. And for esports specifically, like, now. Now is the time, you know, I was in the process of starting another business and I'm still probably going to do it, Um, but I know for esports specifically, now is the time, you know, because we're the eyeballs, you know, like already we're seeing this spike um, in viewership on Twitch and Mixer and all these different things, you know, Fortnite is a top game again, you know, so now is definitely the time. It's just a matter of fact, matter of me figuring out what it is that I want to do outside of my current business as well. So I'm excited and I hope that you all are using this time um, to invest in yourself, you know, and to grow because we do have this time. You know, and to spend that time with your spell with yourself, because, like honestly, like the people that come out of this um, and they use the time wisely, they use the time to invest in themselves. They're going to be well off. Just like the businesses and companies um, in my industry specifically, a lot of them are going to die. But the ones that don't, the ones that pivot, the ones that are smart, um, the ones that save their money and use it wisely, um, they're going to be they're going to be the ones that. Set themselves up for success in the future. So, um, I know that was a rant. I know that has nothing to do with this episode, but I just wanted to thank you all uh, for allowing me to do what I love, you know, and record these episodes, talk to people in this industry that I love, this industry that I'm obsessed with. Um, you allow me to do what I love. So, just thank you so much for listening to this episode. It is um, rather short because you did have to go and we had some technical issues uh, initially, and then, of course, some distractions with everyone working from home. So, just thank Thank you and um, if you are if you are interested i am also launching my twitch channel i will be streaming a lot more i know i talk a lot about apex legends on this podcast um so i will be playing a lot of that probably streaming daily that's going to be going live next week everything's set up but that'll be live next week my computer finally comes in i've never played an fps on on PC at all. I've always been on consoles, so this is going to be very, very interesting. But if you're interested in that, um, that will be going live this probably this week that you're listening to, and if not, then it will be the following week. I'm not sure when I'm going to upload this, but thank you so much for tuning in, thank you for listening to my my rant, my TEDx talk. Um, but I'm just I'm super excited about um, just the growth that's happening in this industry. I love this conversation, and I hope you have some takeaways. And as always, I appreciate any reviews, any five-star readings that you guys can leave that just um, in turn allows me to do what I love and reach more people and help more people get plugged into the scene. So thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. Hi, right, dude. So I know this is going to be a short episode. I know you don't have a ton of time. Um, and before we dive into like just your story and how you got there and everything and what you're working on now, um, I'd love to just get your perspective because um, I know you're like it just firsthand. You're in it. You're living it. Like, how is it? How has your industry been impacted by everything that's going on in the world right now?
0: It's been crazy, man. I mean, as you can imagine, uh, for somebody who works primarily in a space that's themed around physical engagement and on physical events and on tangible things like that when nobody can go to physical events anymore things obviously change but uh, as much as you hate to say that something is this this untenably bad is an opportunity it really is because we also work in a digital space we work in an electronic space where a lot of the things are not necessarily confined just to physical spaces right it's not just a physical element you can take things and push forward and innovate through that digital component. And I think the people that really do drive towards innovation and toward invention in times like these are the people that are going to come out ahead and are going to see themselves in two, three, four months or years or decades or however long this lasts. So those are the people that are going to come out ahead and really have made a mark in their industry along that way.
1: Dude, agreed. Like my industry right now is like getting hit hard. I see like 90% of agencies just shutting down uh, because like, we're the, we're the first thing that people cut, you know? But the people that, and companies that do last, are going to be ahead. And just like that, like the people that actually put in the work during this time, like they're going to be ahead. Um, but moving forward, because <laughs> we don't have a bunch of time, could you just give a bit of an intro? Tell us what you're working on. Tell us what you got going on.
0: Yeah, sure. So I'm Zach T. Got a cool story here. So I originally went to school to be a music teacher. Realized really early on I didn't want to teach, had no idea what I wanted to do. So What'd you play? I played trombone, played in jazz clubs all across Cleveland, uh, but I was primary I was a vocal primary. I sang for 14 years, classical oh, training, did all I didn't this know stuff. That. Yeah, went to an awesome school in uh, in Cleveland that's actually uh, was one of the top-ranked schools for music education when I went there, and it's also a big-time Broadway factory. So I've got a few friends that uh, were understudies or different roles and things on Broadway. Uh, friends that actually had some leading roles and some cool things. Awesome community uh, that I'm fortunate to have a lot of cool connections to. So. I hope I got to get out to more shows and see my friends and all that stuff. But yeah, um, realized I didn't want to teach, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, tried a bunch of things, everything from sports play-by-play to uh, writing to stand-up comedy. Could have done stand-up as a full-time thing, and then I realized that everyone who does stand-up as a job hates it. and i didn't want to hate my life and at least not for that low of an amount of money right (laughs) and so uh i was like what do what should i do you know and i've been doing charity gaming events since 2012 um raised millions for different charities and i i looked at all that and i thought all right i'm gonna just gonna keep doing more with this and you know keep producing these events and i did some local smash bros things and a few panels and things like that and then in 2016 i got invited down to orlando to be a part of the team for a charity smash bros event that was taking place um down there and i, I went down there had a great time helped out run the event you know did some things like that and realized man this stuff is awesome i want to do it all the time so i started traveling around to other events um national smash events things like that some local things all, all this stuff and just uh Lending, you know, lending my services and learning more about event management, and realized in 2018, at least a couple of years too late, the only way I was going to break in, do it full time, is if I just bet on myself and went full time as a freelancer. So landed a great gig with Mountain Dew, some stuff with MLG, a few other things. Joined the guys at Wildcard Gaming as their partnerships manager in June of 2019. Currently building out a cool charity program for them, um, and I'm also working with a few other groups like Metro Sports and Entertainment, as well as several independent groups on esports consulting and building all that out. So basically, it was just a thing where I decided I didn't want a real job, and I was just going to make all my own stuff. And now uh, we built it up into a cool thing. And now I have eight jobs, and none of them are real, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. What was the uh, what was the time frame between like you betting on yourself and you
0: now? Uh, it was, so I went full-time, I would say I went full-time in esports in October, 2018.
1: And did you have, like, income enough to survive? Or was it just like, yo, fuck it, I'm just going to jump in and see what happens? I would say it was mostly the second one, honestly. <laughs> I, I do,
0: So I, the only, the interesting thing is, like, if I go on a podcast like this or I talk to somebody or I'm a part of something like this, I look at all of it and, I, you know, people are like, what's your story, man? How would you get to this point? I'm, and I tell them two things. It's like, well, I got to this point by doing a bunch of things I don't advise anyone else to do, <laughs> you know? It was a thing where I, I just realized that there was no end angle or avenue uh that would make me happier than this like i've had other jobs i worked in schools i ran after school programs for middle schoolers for a year or two i i was a you know i ran a telemarketing thing for a while i was like a manager at one of those places i did all this different stuff right and i uh, but none of that made me happy and it was always a thing where i was looking and thinking man i could be doing more i could be doing more with this esports stuff because i travel around and be a part of these cool events right and then i'd go back to my real life and I, w- I realized that I was spending every second I had outside of, of an event really trying to find ways to do more with it. And so I just decided, look, if, if, if I don't pull this off, at least I'll say I tried. You know, I can give it a good solid few years of effort, and I think I'm pulling it off. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, I mean, we're, we're definitely my, – my life is definitely interesting. I get to make cool shit with my friends all day. You can't really argue with that. Dude, agreed,
1: man. You're living the dream. Um, You said you partnered with like Mountain Dew and MLG. Like, what were you doing for them specifically? What did that partnership look like?
0: Yeah, so the, the Mountain Dew thing was really cool. Uh, it was a situation where um, one of my friends reached out to me and asked if I wanted to work uh, CWL Vegas, the Call of Duty League event in Las Vegas. Um, and I said, sure, you know, what do you guys need? Um, and then a lady from a third-party marketing company reached out to me and said that they had been brought in by Mountain Dew to put on a gaming activation at all the Call of Duty League, all the Call of Duty World League events. Uh, and they, but they needed help ironing out what exactly it would look like, and running that, and orchestrating it, and everything. Uh, and so I said, "Sure, I can do that." And basically, they had a physical booth. They had the general concept for the booth built out, and they look at me and they ask, essentially my favorite question, which is now kind of what I build a business around, which is people look and they say, "How do I make gaming happen at this?" <laughs> and 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 I and I I, I figure that out for them. You know, in this case, we put up eight free playstations for call of duty. And we put the booth up in the middle of the, of the concourse area. People could come up and play their eight, a uh, player free for all Winner got entered into raffle to win like $3,000 a merch. Uh, so that was the gimmick there. And it turns out most of the time during peak season, it had a wall to wall line. So, I mean, people are just looking for opportunities to people are looking for opportunities to bring gaming into thing and bring that digital engagement component. Digital engagement is my favorite buzzword because all it means is kids looking at stuff. <laughs> um, and people just want to find those opportunities and so I like to provide those opportunities through a special blend of creativity that uh, that, and working alongside people's visions to get their brand out there.
1: Now how do you know if that digital engagement um, when it comes to like let's just say gaming how do you know like when it's good for a project or is it hey I can do this anywhere with anyone at any
0: time? Right I mean it's definitely the sort of thing where Every brand is looking to make more people know about them at the end of the day. You know, you can look at any advertising platform and see that, right? Like I always, I have my funny tagline of eyes equal bias, right? Because if people see something, they're going to, When it comes time to buy something that's related to that niche, they're going to buy the thing they know. They're going to look at the thing that impresses them, that they're interested in, that they know about, right? Um, Obviously, at no point in any program can I guarantee sales unless, you know, because I'm not in people's computer. I'm not hacking into people's computer, you know, and hacking into their mainframe and pushing all the buttons. I'm not doing that, you know? What I am doing is getting eyes on a product um, or getting a product... that, That goes two ways. Either it's eyes on a product through a digital campaign or it's by putting the product where people are through a booth like this at a gaming program and stuff like that that allows it to push forward and get people seeing it and thinking about it and using it and consuming it mentally. And then when the time comes for them to make a decision around what they want to buy or what they want to do, they're going to operate off what they've heard of.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And I agree. Um, You've put on so many events um, and I'd I'd love just like your perspective on, and I know this is going to be a loaded question, but (laughs) your perspective on what do you think the future of esports is? What does that look like? Can you just like paint that picture for us visually?
0: I appreciate the fact that you uh, you told me it was going to be a loaded question ahead of time <laughs> because then that got that made my brain like that made my brain tick up. Right. To the fact that I was going to have to answer an unanswerable question. And I yes. love this. So the future of esports, it's so awesome to me to think that I am, you know, in this position where I am. I am pushing forward an industry along with thousands of great people, thousands of great people pushing forward an industry that didn't exist 10 years ago, right? If you went to someone 15 years ago and said, what's the future of esports? They literally couldn't answer that question because it, it wouldn't have meant anything. Esports wasn't a thing, right? So now to define the future of esports, I think you have to look in a lot of respects to the traditional sports industry. Obviously, there's a lot of ways that esports does not mirror traditional sports, and I think it will eventually carve out its own path. But in many cases, esports teams right now are like the turn of the century, like in the 1900s, uh, soccer teams and rugby clubs, right? Where every so- all these soccer teams had um, teams in other sports. You know, they had a rugby team, they had a polo team, they had a I don't know what the fuck else people play, but they had, they had sports <laughs> in, in all these, they had teams in all these different sports. And then eventually one became well-known and successful. And now Manchester United is Manchester United. Liverpool is Liverpool. You know, the they, they've centered around those particular things. And I think we're going to see something like that moving forward where teams become known for a particular entity. That's why I think the call of duty league made the right push moving toward that location-based model. Right. Because Now you have Misfits, you have my friends at Misfits Gaming, owning the Florida Mutineers. You have my friends, even though they're an esports team in their own right, they own the Florida Mutineers. That's its own brand. They also have the Florida Mayhem and Overwatch. Then you have um, my friends at the Minnesota Roker, uh, which is owned by Wise Ventures. Right, and so you have these things like this where the and that's the same ownership group in a large picture that is responsible for the Vikings, right? So you have this connection between things, and I think you're just going to see that structure move forward. I think the future of esports um, is potentially limitless, and I love and hate the fact that I can say that. I hate saying it because people <laughs> don't know what that means. Um, like, I think esports has a bright future because it's it's just taking the stuff that kids are already doing and putting structure behind it right it's why sports leagues work people like sports because they like football you know they grew up playing football and so then they watch football people grew up playing video games so then they watch video games it's the same type of thing and i think if as it grows and becomes more of a mainstream thing i think interestingly everything that's going on with coronavirus where sport i think sports leagues should be looking to gaming And you see certain things with the NBA, like the Phoenix Suns are taking a step in the right direction with that. I think it's just a situation where sports leagues and and things like that will start to look into gaming as just another extension of themselves. Um, And when we build all those brands together and create something that's truly engaging and meaningful, that's organic and authentic, people will really care about it. You'll get people behind it. You'll get power behind it. And it'll stand the test of time, I think.
1: Yeah, I love that answer. Um, and I love what you said just about like how back in the day, you know, like they had rugby teams—not rugby, but whatever the sports were. You whatever, know.
0: whatever sports, so, right? Whatever no, they played back play. then.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then whatever like stuck, you know, they they leaned into it. Um, and I had a follow up question that I'm totally blanking on. Um, Sweet, but,
0: I'm blanking <laughs> you know, did... on the answer too because I don't know the question. It's
1: crazy <laughs> story <laughs> of my life, man. Yeah, no. Um, I get you, man. No, but I love that. I love that. And I'm excited just to see where everything goes. Well, and it's um, cool because
0: you're going to see a location-based thing too, because like right now we have, I was just down in Orlando and I've been to a few, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, but I was just down in Orlando um, and I've been to a few other places where I've heard people state something to the effect, sometimes verbatim, that they want to make Air City a hub for esports. And I love that because it doesn't mean anything, <laughs> 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 which means it's achievable, right? It's perfectly yeah. achievable because it's a self-defined concept. You—that's the sort of statement that doesn't have any sort of intrinsic meaning. So success is defined by the stakeholders, right? There's no, there's no object, there's no objectivity to success for, by that measure or by that metric. And so when everybody works together, I was just down there trying to build all of these people together in one space, you know, and get all these different stakeholders that are running their own tournaments or their own leagues or their own this or that, and get them all to work together under a statewide coalition. That advances things forward, um, and that's that's where you get that's where you get programs like Esports Ohio. If you go to EsportsOhio.org, you have uh, high schools that have come together and st- formed their own league and formed their own systemic thing that allows them to all work together as a team to push things forward. It's about having a team of teams, so to speak, where everyone works together to accomplish the goal.
1: Dude, yes, yes, I was. I believe you have a call with her but I was talking to Rebecca from Minnesota. Um just about the same thing, you know. We need we need people like you in Milwaukee cuz there's not a there's not a lot going on, you know. I'll go to uh,
0: Milwaukee anytime, man. I mean, the Bucks are really good if you're trying to hit a game, you know. Exactly, bro. I'll get you some that, tickets. That I is good get... basketball and I love good basketball. But I always get Good free tickets, so I will
1: I will let you know.
0: We'll talk, brother. Right? Um, we'll talk off the record, right? Once we kill this <laughs> recording we'll well I'll have your people talk to my people. We'll figure something out. We can't, we I can't don't, have no, all the general no bribery at all.
1: <laughs> Well tell me tell me about Wildcard. Yeah. Um, what is it? What's going on?
0: like just spill it. Yeah. So my friends at Wildcard are are some of the coolest people I've met in esports, honestly. It's a thing where back in June, back in back in the end of May, um, I was looking for you know a few oper- a few full time opportunities in esports a few projects I could really sink my teeth into um, after just kind of floating in the wind for a while I was like all right what are we gonna do in this respect let's find something here and I found the folks at Wildcard we talked and I joined them as a partnerships manager building out uh, building out you know all their partnership stuff building out all their integrations both endemic and non endemic uh, to help advance their team because they have a great product they have some very high very high caliber teams, you know, in PUBG, PUBG Mobile, World of Warcraft, Rainbow Six now, at the time, and for most of 2019, we had two of the best Brawlhalla players in the world, and that was, yes. a, you know, an excellent thing as well, um, for a game, a game with a great community that I've been familiar with for a long time, I come from the fighting game world myself. Um so I joined them and uh, we built out a few great things and one of the major things we were able to do is I went in and said hey you know we should be doing more with charity stuff right because I've been doing these charity events since 2012 right it's a big part of of what I do and I, I you know it's I had a lot of great friends and connections in that space um and they said all right cool but we don't know what that means or what it's supposed to be and frankly you know without any kind of structure I don't know what we're going to do I was like all right cool and then I I came up with the idea that esports teams should be partnering directly with nonprofits. And I pitched that out to a few different folks and everyone said, Zach, that's dumb. But I knew I wasn't dumb, right? Or at least I thought I wasn't dumb. I guess that's for other people to decide. But um, I and then I'm at TwitchCon and I'm hanging out at my friend's booth who works for a charity and his boss who I'd never met before comes up and says, hey, Zach, you work for that esports team. What if esports teams work directly with nonprofits? Now, I don't know if anyone's ever pitched your own idea to you before, but it's really fun and really validating. So I took it back and talked to ownership about it, and, and they were like, all right, so that's cool. What do you think it looks like? Um, and I we built out this idea that we're calling the Wildcard Charity Network, which is where we partner directly with nonprofits, um, and we do fundraising for them. We've been doing charity streams through various partners using our influencers and other influencers that I'm connected to, um, to raise, uh, over five figures for different charities just on this test run that we're doing right now. And we know it can scale up from there. Um, and so we partner directly with nonprofits and do fundraising for them, uh, do charity streams, um, other activations on a case by case basis. We also do marketing, advertising, social media stuff, videos here and there, all these things, you know, that help Establish this one-to-one direct partnership with this nonprofit. You see, right now, a lot of a lot of teams in esports are doing one-off activations for charities, where they'll they'll do a particular fundraiser or a particular day where they stream and the money goes to charity, or they'll they'll put up a booth at some convention or something where proceeds benefit in a certain way, whatever it might be, right? Um, but you don't see the organizational level um connection and partnership that I think is achievable. I believe in the same way an esports team can advertise a headset, a gaming chair, a keyboard, whatever, they can advertise a nonprofit. And it's the same concept I was alluding to earlier where eyes equal buys. Obviously you're not buying a charity, and so I don't have a pithy, you know, word for it yet, but I do believe that Presence equals um, donations for a charity simply because you're getting the cause out there and uh, you're unifying everyone under under something they care about, under a good cause. you know there's no there are very few charities out there that raise for something that is bad. You know, Um, most charities are raising for something that is good or has a positive impact on the world on the universe, or at least on a particular group of humans. And by uniting people around that cause and by using the power of esports and the power of that engagement and the viewership and the power of having awesome, you know, top of the line world class teams like wildcard does and top chart influencers like wildcard does. Uh, by using that power, we can raise a lot of money for a lot of great people, and I'd love to talk to anyone, whether they represent a charity, whether they're an influencer themselves, or they represent a brand that is looking to attach themselves to something like this. I would love to talk to anybody about how they can help, how I can help you help other people.
1: Yeah, a big part of this podcast is just helping people get plugged into esports because it is um, relatively new, and a lot of people don't. Um, even know that it's a thing yet or don't know how big it is yet or how big it's going to be. And I know I'm just thinking back to the circumstances under which we originally met, I think maybe I reached out, you did, I'm not sure, but um, you were going back and forth with me and I was going back and forth just um, about streamers and helping you get connected to um, people that were streaming on Twitch or Mixer or wherever it may be. Um, and I'm just thinking about like all the different avenues there are to get involved. And this is just one thing, you know, it's just charity gaming, you know, but then you have like the people getting sponsorships, you've got the streamers, you've got the charities, like there's just so many different avenues for people to get involved. Can you just talk a little bit more about that and maybe some advice that you would give to people that they, maybe they don't know where to get plugged in, how they can get plugged
0: in? Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, I was just talking to people all as as everything started to uh, develop with the current coronavirus situation. Um, it's funny as this, it's going to be real interesting to look on this podcast like this particular episode back in five years after coronavirus has played out, however it plays out, it'll be interesting to see what we all thought, right. As right. As everything was breaking. Um, but I, I knew really right when all this started happening, that we were going to have to start pivoting toward digital models and the online events, which online events have never been my main focus. You know, I've the guy that puts the booth up at the thing, you know, that talks in person into the microphone and and all that stuff like that's been my my primary focus but i've also realized as of late that what better time to build a charity streaming program than right now when everyone's stuck at home (laughs) you know what better time to be activating in such a manner um and then i also i was at the magic fashion show in las vegas which is a big fashion sourcing uh sourcing show exhibitors vendors all this stuff and it was right at the start of february and i got i think i was one of the first people in, in america To see, along with everyone else there, to see the real impact of coronavirus, because most, if not all, of the China-based vendors and sourcers and exhibitors pulled out in the two weeks or so leading up to it. And so it was very strange being there and seeing a lot of empty space, right, and a lot of spaces where there would have been all these vendors talking and all this business going on. So that was one of the first clues I got that maybe this was going to really be something you know, that changed the way we do business and the way we look at things. I think there's a lot of things that people didn't realize were possible before, things that people saw as impossible or impractical that they're now realizing are possible, practical, and very simple and make things better for a lot of people. You have a lot of more people working from home. You're seeing a lot more flexibility in that. You're seeing some things in terms of what – Uh, our country can do for us and what we can do for our countries you know that is is changing the way people see their role as a civil servant or their civic duties and all these things and i think it's just changing how people look at their lives and how people look at possibility and it's going to drive us forward because we're all going to come out of this in a different space but as that relates to esports as that relates to the question you actually asked as opposed to me going on my soapbox for 25 minutes um i think this is the opportunity for people to step in to digital engagement step in and reach people through technology in a way they couldn't before Um, every sports league should have a coordinated effort right now to use streaming to use the game that relates to their sporting league you know the nba has nba 2k nfl has madden all this stuff they should be using the the gaming content that relates to their sport to still drum up interest. You saw the Phoenix Suns take their step forward of of simulating some of their games. I think that we can go deeper than that. I'm working on an online smash circuit right now um, that we're in the process of of working to find sponsorship for, because all these kids across the country have their weeklies and their locals at their local land center that doesn't exist right now. It's canceled. So we're looking to provide a, a tool for them, a way for them to still play and get that competition in, because... Competition drives a lot of people and a lot of people have a competitive spirit and so we're looking to find opportunities for them to still do that. I would love to talk to anyone who works in sports or media or any brand centered around that who is looking to replace, um, the current, you know, lack of of sports content that doesn't exist from their league, not being present, you know, whether that's March madness or the NBA currently on, on, hiatus, you know, with things like that. Um, there's a huge opportunity to use gaming and use this digital engagement. I see all these things. I think of ideas. My job is building cool shit with my friends all day, every day. Um, and I would love to make more friends doing more things and build more cool shit with more people.
1: I love that answer, man. And I know you got to go, so I'm not going to take you for much longer. Um, Lastly, where can people just keep up with you? Where can they learn more about everything that you talked about today?
0: Yeah, uh, so my name's Zach Teep. I'm on LinkedIn. You can look for Teep T E P E. I will come up first. Um, I'm also on the great social media platform pl- platform E Fuse. Uh, they're based here in Columbus. I'm checking them out more. I'm Zach on there. I'm, I really I only threw that in to flex the fact that I have my first name as my username on something. Just want to <laughs> say that real quick. Um, but um, I'm I'm on Twitter at not James K Polk. That's where I do a lot of my stuff. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn anytime at Zach Teep Z A C T E P E. It's seven letters and almost all of them rhyme with. The each other uh so happy to talk to anyone about anything they need um i believe if we all work together we can we can accomplish some cool stuff like i said my day job my night job my all my all the time job is building cool shit with my friends um i have eight jobs um and they all center around that and i'd love to pick up more projects and help more people in any way i can
1: awesome my man well i appreciate you coming on you have an awesome awesome day and say stay safe out there
0: You, you too brother
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you again for listening to this episode of Humans That Game. Again, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would mean the world. It allows us to reach more people, us to reach and plug more people into the esports scene. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.